Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast back. Tag team champions of the world, tag team champions of the business world. Back at it again. John Lester, how are you, my friend, out there in the East Coast? Brian, wonderful. How are you doing out there in, in uh, crazy California land? Man, I'll tell you, they call it the West Coast. I call it the Mess Coast. My God, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, sure. You can't even go outside and breathe with all the smoke. And don't get me started on all the yeah. policies. It's uh, it's absolutely crazy. Well, you know, speaking of a mess, I've got a stat today that is is absolutely mind blowing. This stat is absolutely eye opening, mind blowing, and it's something that's not going to surprise you. It's just the fact that you saying it is so impactful. You ready for this one? Go for it. Let me have. Let me hear it. 65% of Americans would choose a better boss over a raise, over a pay increase. I mean, I know you've been out there grinding it out. We've been you know, helping a lot of people. We're having a ton of conversations. Business is booming. What do you think about this? What's your take on this stat? That's, um, it's not a surprising stat, unfortunately, but it is. Once you stare it head on, it, it is pretty amazing. But then again, you know, in the past, you and I have talked about this. You and I have both worked for people that um, – you know, we would have taken a we would have taken a cut in compensation just to get rid of the person that that we were working under. But what what really impresses me about this is, you know, you can gloss over this and say, okay, yeah, but what difference does it make? And and I think when you really think about it, it it layers across a couple of areas. I mean, there's an organizational component to this, but there's also an employee component to this. And and when I say that, you know, if you look at the organization, if if people feel that way, um, then then what's happening? in the organization, well, first of all, one of the things that happens is if, if, if you're concerned about your boss constantly, you're wondering, second guessing, you're unhappy, you're not focused, there's a loss of pro- productivity. Um, in fact, one of the things I was looking at said that uh, three out of four people report that their boss is the worst and most stressful part of their job. Think about that. They didn't say their customers. They didn't say, um, you know, the government. They didn't say their hours. They didn't say their commute. They said their boss is their worst and most stressful part of their job. So they're coming in, they're working, they're going home all stressed out. Now, a couple of other things from a personnel perspective is that, um, think about it, more than half, so 59% of people that were surveyed feel that their companies view profits or revenues as more important than how people are treated. And and when you, when you really look at the workforce, because remember, over half the workforce right now is millennials. So even more than that is millennials and younger, and they are more concerned about experience. They're more concerned about quality. They're more concerned about social issues. They're not really putting up with this stuff, okay? So 59% feel their companies view profits or revenues as more important than how they're treated. 60%, all right, check this one out, Brian. 60% have left jobs or are considering leaving because they don't like their direct superiors, 60%. Yeah, that leads to the okay. profit and revenue. I mean, that's going to be a big dip in, uh, in profit and revenue right there. Sure it is. The other side to this, besides that, the organizational side, though, if you look at it at, at the micro level, you know, what's happening to the employee? 
you know, what's their efficiency like? How are they feeling about that? And, and there's some reports that talk about the impact to their health of a bad boss. I mean, the one report was talking about that it 22 months, think about this, 22 months is the average time it takes for the employee to shake off the stress and anxiety that a bad boss causes. So they're carrying their bad boss out of that job and into the next employer. And that next, next employer is being saddled with that for a year and a half to two years. Jeez, and then they have PTSD, right? After that, it's like, exactly. It's, it's boss PTSD, uh, boss TSD. All right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Well, the health side, if you think about it, I mean, it, doesn't this drive up premiums for the employer? I mean, it's going to cost them more money, all this stress and the health issues that come out of it. I mean, blood pressure, heart. I mean, it links to everything. It's going well, to drive it up costs. It's going to affect sure. your bottom line. No, 100% correct. But, but you know, the, and, and nobody's really, I, I haven't seen anybody tracking this, but when you think about, you start looking at all of the, all of the associated impacts, you know, what, what happens when they get home and they haven't shaken all the stress off? What happens if their interaction with their family, with their children, you know, um, and, and it's not really funny, but it's, it, it, it creates the proverbial kick the dog syndrome because they're so frustrated. They don't know what else to do. So who gets it? The poor dog. Um, no, it's right. It, it, you know, it rolls downhill, right? We know that. It rolls downhill. It really does long downhill, but but also think think of it from the perspective of you know and, and and we're showing this now with COVID. I mean, one of the things that's being talked about pretty heavily with COVID is that even when somebody survives, so may, you know they might go, oh, I had a that bout of COVID, I was down for you know three days, four days, five days, whatever. I feel great, I'm okay. Um, what they're finding, or they believe they're finding, is that that the stress that COVID induced to the system, so not necessarily any stress that you feel, but that it induced into the system is actually shortening somebody's lifespan. All right. And, and what they're finding is that there are certain people that are, that are asymptomatic. They get over COVID, they come back. All right. And two, three, four, five, six months later, all of a sudden they get taken down with a bout of something. It's a reoccurrence of COVID. So stress is, is, arguably the biggest killer that we have and what these bosses are doing, right? 65% of people choose a better boss. These people are doing that because the stress level that they're causing is causing these people to get sick. Wait a minute. This is nuts. You know, you've really got to wonder, and you and I talk to business owners all the time and a lot of times they reach out to us with a, a perceived problem and you and I find out that, you know, that could be the case, but there's many other problems leading to that problem or there's, problems that are byproducts of that problem and they haven't peeled the onion back they can't identify the root cause and you have to wonder if these business owners really understand this the gravity of the situation if they understand their employees are leaving because of bad managers being the the broken cog here you really have to wonder about that john oh you you do i mean the um i think it was was ken blanchard group um did some research around this and talking about you know what, what's going on relative to how these poor managers are costing your company and, and what is it that they're doing? What are the behaviors that they're doing that um, are, are costing the company and costing the employee? And they, they listed seven of them, I think it was, and they talk about things like, you know, they don't set clear goals with their people, even though 70% of people want to have a goal setting conversation often or all the time, but only 36% actually do. So that's pretty scary. Uh, they don't align the goals to team departmental and organizational objectives. And we talk about this all the time, that the misalignment, while only 14% of organizations report that their employees have a good understanding of the company's strategy and direction, that's scary, all right? 
you know, they, they don't check in on progress, which is the, basically the same as the first item about setting goals. Okay, they don't provide feedback. You know, they, there's some research that talks about 67% of people want to have performance feedback conversations, but only 29% actually do it. They don't adjust their style based on the needs of the employee. And this is this has been going on forever. You know, one size fits all on all employees, regardless of what the employees um, need, really. from Because when you think about it, an employee needs something from their manager. They really do. I mean, managers are there to serve a couple of functions, but one of them is to help the employee. 54% of managers use the same style of leadership for all people in all situations. That's crazy in this day and age. No, okay? you got to adapt, yeah. you got to adapt. They don't listen. 41% of respondents identified inappropriate communications or poor listening. Well, you're never going to be able to figure anything out if you don't listen. God, and and they, that, they don't that's change. A, that's a fundamental attribute of a good salesperson. You wonder, or any manager, you wonder how they even get promoted into that position without that. Uh, without that. It's unbelievable. Well, that's what's so fascinating about this, this last one that they threw in. They said that, you know, around the fact that they don't change without training and support. And they're saying that a, a majority of new managers – 60%, so that's a majority, underperform or fail in their first assignments. Well, if they're not getting training and support, are they doing any better in the next job? So no, it's, I mean, it's just a, it's a downward when you, spiral. When you look at this and, and you really say, okay, well, if these are the behaviors. You know, Where are these behaviors coming from? Uh, well, I'll tell you. I, I think I know where. One quick point. Sure. With feedback, I mean, listen, You know, everybody knows people – want to please their superiors. They want to feel like they're a part of something. They're making a difference and they want positive reinforcement. I mean, some people would rather have that than the actual bonus that comes along with it. It's like a 50-50 split. So feedback is paramount. I mean, obviously too much feedback is, is ridiculous and you're on top of the person. But what I found, John, I know you found this as well, is there's really two mindsets, right? We talk about in sales, we talk about in leadership or just people in general. You can have a fixed mindset where intelligence is static, or you can have a growth mindset where intelligence can be developed. So when you look at a fixed mindset, it leads to a desire to look smart and you know, then you have a tendency to avoid challenges. You give up easily when obstacles are placed in front of you. And then if you look at the growth mindset, you're embracing challenges because you have a desire to learn. You're constantly learning, but you're also persist in the face of setbacks. If anything comes your way, you're more apt to take it on. Now, you look at when you're hiring somebody, your best employees usually should have that growth mindset. They're learning skills all the time. I mean, obviously, sometimes they're not because you have managers who aren't teaching anything, as we know. If you're promoting somebody into that role with the opposite mindset, a fixed mindset, you're taking a huge risk because their attitude is not only going to impact themselves into underperforming, but it's going to impact the team. So they're going to suffer. You talk about not changing, John. You talked about you know, sticking to the same style that, that comes down to this mindset, right? Not wanting to learn anything new, not wanting to advance, resting on your laurels, but uh, it's infectious. So your employees under leadership, somebody with that type of mindset, they're going to get bored with their job. They're going to get frustrated about being boxing and doing the same thing all the time. And ultimately they're going to leave because they want growth opportunities. So it's really a downward spiral, John. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the obvious, um, and really, when you go through the seven the seven behaviors I just talked about, a couple of things become obvious. One is you, it's not 100% on the, the manager. So you can't sit there and go, oh, the manager's bad, fire the manager, we'll get another one. I mean, geez, if 60, 
all right, of the employees would, would dump their manager, okay, versus a, a pay increase, that tells you there aren't enough good managers to go around. So, so you know, the notion of getting rid of one and getting another one just isn't going to work. No. Um, but, you know, the, there is training. There is training available in management. There is training communications. There is training in interpersonal skills. There is training in just understanding what people need to be successful. And, and HR departments really should be filling that. And, and there are lots of training companies. I mean, Ken Blanchard is just one of many. There are lots of training companies that, that should be looking out for this kind of thing. But, you know, I, 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 go, back to, um, I go back to Chuck. All right, I, I go back to talk about Chuck. So, so Chuck came in as as a new VP of Sales, and uh, and we said, well, you know, um, what can you tell us about, you know, how we can be more successful? And he goes, well, before I do that, I just I just want to make something very clear. Uh, I I want to be called Charles. I don't want to be called Chuck. Uh, it's time in my life to be more professional, so I want to be called Charles. Okay, now if that's not a red flag to start, okay, maybe it's not. I said, all right, that's great. So, so what, what can you tell the, the team? I mean, because obviously you were brought in because we, they, they thought we needed new leadership. So what can you tell the team about how we can be more successful? And he sat for a few minutes, looked at us, and he said, uh, nothing. <laughs> okay, red flag number two. He's an honest man, huh? <laughs> so we, we, we decide, you know, he wants to go out and see clients. So I, I remember taking him out to, um, to one of the largest insurance companies in the country at the time. It was one of my clients. And... Um, we went to their data center, right? and this is a number of years ago. So they had these great big machines, you know, great big cases in an air-conditioned and, and clean room. Uh, they had a uh, conference table in there, so about eight or ten of us were sitting around the conference table, and we looked for him. And by the way, he had brought his wife with him, which was kind of strange anyhow. But uh, we looked around, or I looked around, and I didn't see him sitting at the table, even though we were having a conversation with the client. And I turned to look, and, and there he is behind the machines making out with his wife. Now, why am, I, why am I telling this story, okay? Because that's not even about training and management and communications. If, if you really want to make this work, if you really want to change these stats, then management and ownership of the company have got to make this part of their culture and say, stop. This statistic is too insane for every organization not to say, time out. What kind of organization do we want to be? And if that's the organization they want to be, fine. But if you want to keep losing good people, if you want to keep people performing at, at lower than optimal levels, not really caring, not really striving, not really trying to do better, if you want that, that's fine. But if you don't, you've got to start at the top and, man, and, and ownership has got to say, this is not acceptable behavior. And we are going to do something about it. Don't give them lip service. All right. Don't just, you know, give them the warm and fuzzies and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do something. You're not going to do something. Stop it. Yeah, stop it for your own good, for everybody else's good, right? For everybody's good. <laughs> no, this yeah, I, can't, I can't get much simpler than that. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, we, we, you know, we did the podcast, which is very popular, by the way. 75% of managers you know, admit that they lack communication skills. Obviously, you, you just read some stats that reflect that. And now to connect the dots, 65% of people say, hey, listen, I don't want to work for this person. Not only that, but my health suffering, I'm stressed. I dread going to work every day. And of course, the business owner looks, why do we have such turnover? Why can't we keep people here? Why are people not engaged? Why are they not participating? Why are our company functions not being attended? Why are our goals not being met? Well, you know what? Take your head out of the sand. I'm being very politically correct here, John. I could have said something else. But uh, 
You're right. They really need yes. to look long and hard at this. I mean, listen, the other day I had a plumbing issue, right? You know, toilet won't flush. We've all been there, done that. You get the plunger out, you plunge, and it's great. But then it doesn't flush again. And then you plunge it, and it doesn't work. And it's not flushing at all. And the water starts to come up. You got to turn the water off. What do you do? You call the plumber. And the plumber goes out the backyard, takes the scope, goes into the, down into the ground, says, look at this. All the way down there, all the way down the street, the pipe is broken. We've got to go ahead and line it, right? So I had no idea. I thought this is a very simple fix. I'm going to go out there, plunge it, done. The problem was much deeper than I had anticipated. And what did I do? I called an expert to go, to go take care of it for me because I couldn't do it on my own. I have no clue what I'm doing in that regard. That's business here, folks. We have people coming to us constantly saying that we know exactly what the problem is. Brian and John, we want the magic bolt to fix it. And that's not the problem. That's a byproduct of a much greater problem. And that's why we're so valuable these days. That's why our business is booming. People are coming to us to fix their broken cogs. We've been doing very, very well. But this year, there's been resistance to it, John. Has there not been? This is our trusted guy. He's been here forever. And we call attention to the fact that, yeah, we get that. We totally understand that. This is a loyal person. He's been here a very long time. He's got great ideas. But the execution's not there. Now, it could be 50-50, John. It could be the fact that this person is not investing in themselves. And they're not taking the bull by the horns and owning their, their space. Or it could be the business owner not providing an infrastructure, no mentorship program, no training program, no accountability, no, no anything. Right, John? I mean, I'm No, you're 100% correct. Until they really decide that it's not the kind of organization they want, that it's not the kind of delays that they want, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to put up with it or just become serious about it. Put the big boy pants on and go solve this silly thing. Absolutely. And yeah, we see this all the time. All, all the time. time. And we've got a system to really weed this out and identify. I mean, a shadow of a doubt. So it's not a, well, we feel this way. We think, no, no, there's evidence, there's facts, there's a system to weed this out and, and really identify what the problem is at its core. And we've been very good at doing that. But a lot of times, I must say, John, business owners and managers alike, a lot of times they like to stifle creativity. They don't let people pursue their passions. And sometimes being promoted into that management position is not that person's passion or vice versa. You plug somebody into the wrong seat because of their quote-unquote hard skills like you talk about, and you miss the point. And any type of manager that would take somebody's joy away, which is, a, to me, it's a cardinal sin. It's the number one sin because then obviously you lose that person. You know, We lose a talent that could be one of the greatest talents we've ever seen in that space, and they just quit because of a, of a bad actor. That manager has to go, period, bottom line. You, you cannot stifle someone's creativity. You need to let them pursue their passion. You can't take their joy away. Because then it starts affecting others and the overarching business itself. It's, it's a snowball effect. It's a domino effect. And we're here to call attention to it. The stats don't lie. The numbers don't lie. And I'm sure people listening today, business owners, I've been talking to a lot of them, they will tell us we are failing to hit our objectives. We are not getting there. And right now in COVID, people are taking an introspective look and saying, I need to look at this organization. How do we continue from this point forward? And what do we do to fix it after all said and done? And that's where we come in. Well, easiest, easiest way to start is to uh, send us an email or pick up the phone. With that, Brian, I have got to get, and um, we will do this again soon. I'll tell you, I, I am looking forward to it. It's been fun. John, what is your weekend meal of choice? I don't know why, I just, I just came into my head. I'd love to know in Jersey if there's like a go-to Friday night uh, dinner after all after a hard long work week you just want to go for it what do you do no no I, I, I think there's there's a lot of uh, 
Chinese food. There's a lot of sushi, but I don't think there's any, you know, there's a lot of burgers. I don't think there's anything uh, as, as the primary pick. I don't know that anybody's ever looked at that, but it's an interesting question. Well, variety is a spice of life. But the problem with Chinese food is you get hungry so fast, right? With sushi, you, you hit the wall, you're good. That's why you buy twice as much Chinese food and put it the, the other half in the fridge for later. There you go. <laughs> All right, Brian. John, it's later. Been fun as always. Take care. All right, bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.